Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. The CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired to discuss <laughs> and review the Supergirl Season 6 episode titled Prom Night. And I'm in a different location, uh, so I should probably explain that. I don't know how many people have been uh, checking out my Instagram, uh, but I am actually in Hawaii this week. So I'm actually live from Hawaii. You can't tell because I'm in a hotel room. Uh, I, I try, you, can, I, you can see the you can see the uh, the light, right? I thought it, I thought this was was fitting. Got this at a, a luau <laughs> from the other night. Um, I really I tried to get a beachy background so that everybody could see it. Uh, but there there's like an overlook that goes over the the pool, and you could see the the beach and the waterfront. It's noisy up there. They play music all day. I couldn't do that. <laughs> I couldn't go down by the water because I couldn't get my Wi-Fi to connect. I tried different places around the resort. And I was like, I, I don't have my external charger. I forgot to bring it. I can't use my phone. I can't charge my laptop. So here You should have brought your green screen and then taken a, one of your Instagram pictures and just put it behind you. <laughs> I should have. I should have. It's a, it's a, it's big. Uh, so I really, I'm actually using a different microphone. I borrowed my brother's snowball microphone because uh, it's small and uh, transportable instead of using my microphone stand, which would take up a lot of space in my suitcase. Um, but anyway, so I'm here from Hawaii and I'm glad to uh, be talking about Supergirl. Lots to talk about. Lots of timey-wimey uh uh, time travel and uh, going back in time. Um, so I, I would, I will say that if you are, if you're like Rebecca, I don't, I don't believe you. I don't believe that you're in Hawaii. I just thought I would show a few <laughs> pictures just to confirm that this is where I am. So uh, the other night I went to a luau, so you can see the uh, guy with the fire stick there. Very cool. First time I'd ever done that. Um, I have a lot of questions mm. now. I want to do a lot of research on the uh, the culture. So it's very cool. And um, the second picture on the right of this overlay is a volcano out in the distance. Um, so actually, uh, so I went to my first luau, saw my first volcano. So that's exciting. Pretty good. <laughs> uh, pretty good. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. So this is the view. Mm. Um, this is the view that I wanted to have as my background. Uh, it's but it beautiful. Just, now, it's... <laughs> take a snapshot of that view and in your mind's eye, superimpose Rebecca over it. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I wanted to be. 
beautiful beaches and oceans. And that's where <laughs> Rebecca is. <laughs> when she steps outside, that's what she sees. So I hope I didn't make everybody too jealous, but I just wanted to confirm I am in a different location uh, this week. So uh, enjoy that. Um, okay. So maybe we should start talking about something that uh, we all came to talk about, which is Supergirl. Not your vacation? My, not, not my vacation. Uh, so let's what actually- if we just trick them into like a, like a slideshow <laughs> of all your vacation pictures? <laughs> Like with like time of your life, like playing over it. (laughs) They would be so bored um, because I take 10,000 pictures. Uh, So, yeah. So let's talk about Supergirl since that is what we are here to talk about. And uh, so here is the official description for the season six episode titled Prom Night! Exclamation point. Uh, They got to get that in there. So it's more like prom night. Prom night. (laughs) Uh, So here's the official description. Quote, Nia and Brainy attempt to save Supergirl from the Phantom Zone by time traveling back to Kara's home in 2009. While determined to secure the item needed to help Supergirl, Brainy is worried about keeping a low profile so as not to alter (laughs) the future timeline. However, when their ship crashes upon arrival, a young Kara Danvers guest star as Isabella Vidovich is the first on the scene. Meanwhile, a young reporter named Kat Grant, actually CJ Grant. I I do believe that's how she introduced herself. Yeah. Uh, Guest star Eliza Helm sets her sights on Midvale as she suspects there is a big story in the small town, unquote. Um, Morgan, I know we talked with uh, Dr. Nicole Green last week about some sciencey things, and she she tweeted us, uh, I think the next day, about the time travel shenanigans with a really, really good point that I thought we should talk about. Uh, she basically tweeted, uh, if we are going to risk the timeline to collect Kara's DNA, why not go back and make sure Kara isn't sent to the Phantom Zone in the first place? Uh, <laughs> I mean, so I think that's that's sort of always the problem, right? Like, because Supergirl itself did this. They did this <laughs> very thing in season three right. where she knew, you know, she she knew from her friend Barry, don't go all the way back. Because you're going to mess stuff up. You're going to screw something up. You're going to yeah. screw something up. Go back like 15 seconds. <laughs> and then just fix the one small thing that you need to fix. Um, but I guess she's in the phantom zone. She's not being consulted on this, right? They're not consulting her. And so and so we have, uh, we have going back to 2009, the time period of Flossie, apparently. <laughs> The flossy, <laughs> the flossiest time period, you know, right after the big recession. <laughs> so it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Why wouldn't you just go back 15 seconds before Lex Luthor puts her in the phantom zone? And just slap that, that thing much- out of his hand. <laughs> so much <laughs> Wait, so it was like, wait, we can go back in time, but we're not choosing the obvious solution. We're <laughs> going all the way back to, to 2009 to go to prom instead of just going back like two days ago and slapping a thing out of Lex's hands. I mean, granted, that would be easier storytelling wise, <laughs> uh, but it wouldn't be as dramatic, I guess. And no, somebody no really wanted to wear a headband with a giant <laughs> bow on it. <laughs> uh, so I guess this is much more entertaining to go back to Kara's uh, mid-veil years or high school years, which they should have been doing this whole time. I don't know why they waited another three years for this. I know. They had the perfect actresses that still kind of creep me out in how good they are 
at basically being little Melissa Benoist and little Kyler Lee. Like I thought I was like, okay, time has passed. Like maybe they're going to seem less like the actresses somehow more (laughs) (laughs) somehow more perfect what witchcraft is this (laughs) (laughs) i think somebody went back in time to get some dna (laughs) yeah uh so apparently nicole said someone on twitter pointed out that correcting nia's jammed gun was a key moment so Mm. i guess instead of bonking lex you would have to (laughs) fix that first still very doable there's a couple of key moments i feel like you could have gone back to that weren't 10 years ago uh, and involved like going back to high school. Um, but you know, one way is definitely more fun. <laughs> I mean, just work smarter, not harder. I, I don't know why they're uh going through this whole process, but uh, I guess we have to talk about it since it is the story that they are wanting to tell. So, because of that, what did you think about Brainy and Nia's trip back to 2009? Do you think they did a, a good job of keeping that low profile? They did not. No, <laughs> no, they, uh, they, they tried, but they immediately failed, which is amazing. Like as soon as they landed, they failed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like here we are. We are first off, we landed in the wrong time. What, what, why can't Brainy operate that time travel device? Like why can't he uh, point that thing in the right direction? He's always going to the wrong area. This is not his first rodeo. He's a member of the Legion of Superheroes. Their whole thing is that they time travel. (laughs) He did not pay attention at all during the training, is I think the thing. He was like, listen, I'm a 12th level intellect. I don't need this training. But you did. But you did, Brainy. Yeah, because <laughs> you, he's always off. And I like that they like lamp, did the lampshade on it by being like, oh, I'm really worried. I'm going to be off again. It's like, well, you were. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you should have tried harder. What what did you think about their aliases that they chose, uh, Brandon and and Brenda? Was that there, was that a call to anything, or is it just weird? I think it's a nine zero two one zero reference. Oh my god! Well, this is this is my confusion, right? Because I don't think that I feel like what was two thousand nine in their imaginations? Because it definitely it, wasn't. 90210. I feel no. like that ended a long time before that. Actually, that I need was to like look that in, up. I mean, they rebooted it at some point. Maybe they're they're throwing back to the reboot of 90210, but that still doesn't make sense. Like 90210 was sometime in the 90s, right? I was very small uh, when yes. it was on. Yes, like early early 90s, yeah. I feel like. I remember uh, those fashions and those were not in the 2000s. <laughs> I cannot believe I'm having to do research. I feel like it was a lot of like high-waisted acid wash jeans and <laughs> Oh, it it definitely was. I'll pull up the Feathered uh, poster bangs. here. <laughs> let's see, let's see if I can pull up the 90210 poster that's on IMDb just so you can see it. Hang on a second. Uh, cuz it's exactly what you thought it was. <laughs> cuz I feel like they feel like they were like, "Oh, it's fun. They're going back to high school." But like they're going back in 2009. Like if they wanted to do a call out to a high school show, you've got like Gossip Girl, Small? I guess, oh, or yeah, Ma- I Smallville guess it, was I guess. technically still on the air, <laughs> but but I think he was out of high school. By Look that at how high those jeans are! My God, <laughs> my God, <laughs> exactly as you remembered. And it looks like it started in uh, uh, nineteen ninety. So many bangs! It, it went for it went it went for ten seasons. So maybe it was still no. That would have put I mean, it around 2000. Still, only put it around 2000. Ten years later is where this takes place. So, <laughs> I don't know. It was somebody must on the writing staff just might be a fan <laughs> of 902 and 0, but I'm I pretty was, sure that was 
what that was yeah i was gonna ask you i was like is the name thing like a call out to something in the comics is there a a brandon and a brenda in the comics or (laughs) no i think it's a 90210 so the 90210 reboot let me pull up that comment uh was from 2008 to 2013 so were there a brandon and a brenda in the reboot maybe they guest starred they're like, don't call it a remix. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just very strange. Why wouldn't you pick something that's more like in that time period? Yeah, uh, like fresh I, from that time period. I hate to harp on the Gossip Girl thing, but like that was like the teen show that was getting all the press back in like 2008, 2009. Like if you're if you're throwing it back to 2008, 2009, like why not call them like Chuck and Blair or Serena and Dan or something? Like if you're if you're trying to throw it back to like a teen show of that time period, like why are you in the 90s? Like what time do you what what you what was 2009 in your experience? <laughs> Much different in mine. <laughs> uh, let's see. Ellis Carton said 2009 was Vampire Diaries and Glee. They could have Glee would have been a great would have been a great fit. one. Because Melissa Benoist comes from Glee. (laughs) (laughs) Call somebody Rachel and somebody Finn. Like, there you go. (laughs) It just didn't seem uh, totally accurate for the... the, the time period um, and uh, to your Gossip Girl point, Miss Fiction Fanatic says, and Gossip Girl was on the CW. The very same network this one's on. I don't <laughs> I don't understand. They, they didn't really think that through. <laughs> they they dropped the flossy as a, as a term <laughs> that came from that time period. Did it? But like the Gossip Girl played that song all the time. That like uh, the glamorous song where the flossy came from. But and yet and yet you pick 90210 from the 90s. <laughs> the only reason I know about that flossy gossip girl thing is because I saw you retweet something <laughs> yes, <laughs> recently yes. about it. I, I feel like it's 100% fake, but there was something going around on Twitter that was that, that Fergie <laughs> glamorous song and like the most cheesy like um, early 2000s like opening credits with all the cast of Gossip Girl where they're like tossing their head and looking at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> It was and great. So, so that was fresh in my mind, too, because I had just seen it. And so I was like, Flossy, though, really? No one said it. <laughs> it was just a so- one song. <laughs> Emma, uh, Emma mentions they did mention Brainy joining Glee Club. They, Why uh, there's no true. Glee connection. Uh, so that was very strange. Uh, also, uh, I want to point out that um, uh, Electra WWF said, was up? Also Why from not? the late 90s. Uh, that, th- all those references was like, I just kept going. When do you think 2009 was? Are they going to have like a, like, where's the beef joke now? Like what, (laughs) what time period is this? Is in your mind, is this worse than uh, Wonder Woman 1984 playing of the time period? That's, I, I think it is because I got the very impression that that was at least in the eighties. Like (laughs) they were in a mall. Everyone was wearing neon. Uh, there were fanny packs and like right. 80s fashion. It wasn't like as 80s as I would have went. And there was no great 80s music, which was inexplicable. But at least I understood just at a glance. This is the 80s. I had no idea what time period this was supposed to be. I was like, <laughs> it says 2009, but 
is it? Is it? Is it? Uh, so yeah, that was questionable. Uh, but uh, other than that, other than the alias uh, that was from the nineties, uh, from the great hit uh, classic <laughs> TV show, Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two and Zero, a classic, <laughs> a classic. Um, how did you think Brady and Nia did? I mean, they did have quite the adventure. They tried really hard um, to not affect the timeline, but Brady in particular, I think, did a poor job of it. Uh, I felt like Nia was really giving it the old college try, but Brady, <laughs> Brady like immediately was like, I must snack. And therefore, I'm just going to go out and join every club at this school. <laughs> no one's going to think that's weird. No one's going to question. Wait a minute. Who are you? <laughs> they're, no, they're just going to put you on the baseball team <laughs> and the glee club and the math leads. And it's like, uh, listen, you don't have to brag that you're a triple threat. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to brag that you can sing and do math and also physical activity. I, I believe it. I believe it. Good for you, Brainy. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but it does seem a little risky in this scenario <laughs> to be joining so many clubs. <laughs> in such a short amount of time. Even Kenny Lee was like, brah, should you be doing this? <laughs> Is he going to be in the yearbook? Do you think they took he his picture? He's going to be all over the yearbook. Uh, that's my, that's my, Car is going to come back from the Phantom Zone and she's just going to be idly flipping through her yearbook and she's going to be like, Brainy, how are you in all of these, like every page he's going to be in one of the clubs. <laughs> posing like hey <laughs> me <laughs> uh yeah nia didn't get involved in the high school activities uh so i don't know why he felt like he had to like you no, can I say no you can say no i don't want to join the glee club <laughs> miss fiction fanatic says no one questioned how brainy looked too old to be in high school uh no no they didn't and and like jesse rap looks like a younger guy but like if i saw him in a high school i'd say sir what are you doing here <laughs> are you picking someone up are you someone's brother <laughs> um yeah, so the brainy seemed to go all in on the midvale high school experience and then nia most of what Nia did was uh, showcase her powers a lot. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that. She she buried the ship, the Legion cruiser. She unlocked the the thing where the die, whatever that uh, geologic thing was, <laughs> they broke and stole. Yeah. Uh, uh, she, there was a lot of dream energy powers. There was a happening. lot of dream dream powers. And I liked that she was like talking to Kara, little Kara, and she was like, let me show you how I use my power. Do you want me to tell you how my powers work? And I said, my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> tell me something about how your powers work but i thought that that was great when she showed her like the bubble and they were and then car was like let me show you how my powers work and it's like oh man i thought that was so cute where car was like finally someone like me let's show let's show and tell with our powers yeah it was cute but it was also kind of frustrating for me because uh when they hid the cruiser in the baseball field why why did they even need car there so yeah so i guess I I thought overall this episode, I really enjoyed it. I had fun the whole time. I did a couple of times just think, like, it feels like w some of this fun stuff is sort of at the expense of, like, 
Kara having cool moments, like having, I understand like, you know, um, Nia is now experienced, right? She's been on the super team for a couple of years. We're meeting Kara at like 16, 17 years old. She's really young. She hasn't started superheroing yet. So having Nia tell Kara like what to do makes sense. But on the flip side, it's like, can't Kara just like catch a, just catch a story break for a second. Like she could have hid that spaceship all by herself. She is Supergirl. She has uh, the heat vision, the super strength, and the ability to hide things. <laughs> one of one of the things she does a lot in the Silver Age of Supergirl comics is she digs underground. So I thought for sure they would have her super super digging, but they didn't. Uh, yeah, so I was a little frustrated by that. I felt like they relied on Nia's powers a couple of times when it seemed like the more natural fit would have been Supergirl's powers or would have been Kara's powers. And so I thought that that was a little strange and kind of like kind of speaks to the thing that we always complain about. Right. Which is the like, it's her sh- it's her show. But is it really her show? And so I kind of hoped for a little bit more Kara from this flashback episode. I mean, they don't have the excuse that like Melissa Benoist is out on maternity because <laughs> this is a whole different actress yeah <laughs> this you is could a give diff- different it person be, it could be the Cara Danvers show Melissa's not even involved uh <laughs> and still this episode felt like it was way more um brainy and Nia centric which I I don't necessarily mind I like both of them as characters and I thought this was actually a really good character like centric spotlight onto on both of them and like really brought up things that we've talked about with both of their characters, uh, particularly Nia, like finally getting back to like that family trauma that like she, she experienced and then never kind of, kind of never got to talk about again on the show. It's like, how, how are you doing with all that thing where your, your mom got bit by a spider and died right in front of you? Are you okay <laughs> with that? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. It's like, are you the girl? Are you? Uh, so I, uh, this episode when like the moment I, I thought it was very poignant, poignant when that moment when she realizes oh no I'm back in 2009 and like looks at the phone like I could just call my mom and I thought that that moment was like really powerful and that moment when she does call and listens to the voicemail and hears her mom's voice I thought that kind of stuff was so was really touching it was like really good stuff to explore with Nia whenever they explore her dream powers as they relate to her dreaming the future and having to interpret those dreams. I'm always super interested. It's the more nebulous aspects of her powers that kind of lose me when it just seems like she can do whatever, whenever the story needs her to. Yeah, I am uh, very uh, conflicted on that. Cause I think that um, the dream powers are cool, but if you overuse them too much, then uh, it, it she becomes overpowered, which is uh, very frustrating for me. And but I did think that the um, the idea that she found out that she could call her mom was was a good storytelling point for her because um, if if you could do that, like if you did go travel back in time and you did realize that, that would be really tempting for her to do. Um, so I thought it was interesting that they sort of played with it, but they didn't have her go all the way. Um, she didn't actually make contact. Um, so I thought that that was a, a, a good, a good thing for her character. And I thought it was like way more understandable as in terms of like potentially messing up the timeline than Brainy deciding to join every club in school, despite that being very funny. Uh, it's like one of these things makes a little bit more sense as far, far as being tempting. And the other one is like, 
And just the baseball team, they just let you on. They just decided to let you play like that very same day. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess uh, the baseball team, he probably was able to use his knowledge, the physics of how the ball would connect with the bat. He was probably good at baseball. It's probably why they they (laughs) brought him on. (laughs) <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> so I did think that some of the uh, Brainy and Nia stuff was good. I just sometimes when I see Dreamer doing all that stuff with her powers, I'm like, she is so overpowered. She's more powerful than Carl. Why Why do you even need Supergirl? So and that's I feel like- kind of where I am with it. I agree. And I feel like I'm not, it's not, I'm not even opposed to all of her dream powers. I just wish that we had had a natural progression of seeing her powers develop in a more like slow and organic way where like one power kind of developed on top of another power. The way that we got it was like, okay, for a while she was just falling asleep at her desk and dreaming things. And then all of a sudden she's stopping a tsunami. And there was very little time in between those two things. Uh, They had like one, uh, she basically learned most of her stuff, I believe off screen uh, where most of the action on the show happens. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, so I'm glad that she's mastered it uh, now. It seems like she's the only thing she's struggling with. She does have a flaw is that she still has trouble interpreting dreams. Um, so I'm glad they they have that for her that she still has to struggle with something. Um, but it just it just sort of bothered me when I was like, well, Kara could hide that ship. <laughs> that was the, she could do that too. The, like the first thing I thought when it was like she all she did was like the heat vision. And then Dreamer was like, hold on, let me like pull the earth apart. Like, oh, it's so hard. And I was like, you know, she could just kind of burrow in real, real fast. Burrow in, make a big hole for you guys. (laughs) Well, I guess you needed the dream energy to put it, put the earth back. You got it. You got to. You gotta, gently put the earth back with that dream with that dream energy because <laughs> that makes a whole lot of sense. Sure, I'm 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 on board. <laughs> <laughs> so so we had the brainy Nia aspects of the time travel back in 2009 when uh, Beverly Hills 90210 was really popular. My um, my favorite time period. <laughs> my, my, my favorite TV show when, of, uh, <laughs> of the late uh, late uh, 2000s. Yeah, you remember 2009 when everyone was watching 90210 and saying "What's up." Uh, but then we also got to uh, see young Cara and young Alex again and Kenny Lee uh, surprisingly is alive in this timeline so what did you think about uh, their storyline I yeah I liked their storyline I was confused with like what is it like in their brains do you think because it does seem like they have both versions of the timeline in there, which seems like it would drive you insane. Like, it seems like that should drive you mad in some way. And yet Alex was like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. That was pre-crisis that he died. Post-crisis, my mem- both of these memories are running parallel in my mind, <laughs> um, which has already been kind of wiped. And uh, <laughs> But it's okay. Don't think about how much brain trauma I have. Just I have these two different timelines of my whole life. Uh, but it's it's chill. It's chill. Was up. Um, and and you know what? This can explain 2009, right? Because this is the post crisis version of 2009. Oh, so maybe the original. Maybe the original 90210 was uh, popular 2009. Not the Maybe there was no remake. Maybe it just there was no remake. It just kept going. In this timeline, it starts in the 90s and it goes to like 2020. <laughs> 
They were in high school for a long time. <laughs> they just keep aging, but they're still in high school and nobody points out that it's weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it is uh, weird. Well, I, I'm at least glad that the show made a point to say, hey, remember three seasons ago when this <laughs> happened? I, I mean, at least they remembered it. Uh, but it, but it is it is continually baffling to me that they would, in the final season, erase things that have happened previously in the show. I, I get that they have crisis and they have the ability to do that, but there's there's no understanding of what an audience cares about. Like we care about that Midvale episode. We care about season three and what happened. We're invested in this. And then when you say all that thing, you know, those things that the 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 moments you loved and the the things that happened to your characters, they, they don't exist anymore. That, that doesn't matter anymore. It's like <laughs> Well, what, what are we even doing here? Why am I even <laughs> investing in this storyline? It, it's just so strange. It's a strange choice to be like, we're unmaking the show. We're not going to tell you. But also in strategic ways that might be helpful to us some point down the line. So we don't want to pin down what's exactly different. We don't want to do that. We don't want to back ourselves into a corner where later we might want to undo that. So like we just keep discovering things that are different. And we're like, wait, Kenny's alive? Kenny Lee is fine. He's cool. He's just making a the Smallville barn out there, complete with the telescope. <laughs> there, there's nothing that Supergirl fans love more than uh, erasing the hugely popular Midvale episode that everyone loves. Uh, <laughs> so that's now definitely it's like, something we're I guess now about. it's like a slightly different where he just like he lives. I don't know. I don't know. Did it, did the events in Midvale happen except that Kenny Lee survived or did the events in Midvale never even happen at all? Oh, that's a good point. Maybe they still had that issue with the sheriff, but instead of him dying, he just lived through that situation. Yeah. He just like made it. I guess. I don't know. I also thought it was a little strange that Kenny Lee knows her secret and knows pretty much all about her, but doesn't know that Superman is her cousin. That was weird. Right? That seemed weird to you, right? I was yeah. like, why Why tell him most of the stuff that is, like, kind of, like, you know, that you could be used against him or could be used against you, but not just, like, this one tidbit of information that doesn't seem like it's super relevant, Ather, I have powers, I'm an alien. And also, uh, what does that say about Kenny Lee's investigative uh, skills <laughs> that he can't connect the the, the two powers uh, being from the same uh, kind of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she has most of the same, like all the, the same powers as Clark does. Superman does. He must be like, wow, that's wild, man. Aliens. <laughs> he, he even knew that Superman had a fortress of solitude. Yeah. Like he's like, the, I'll connect the dots, Kenny. He's like, I'm going to make you a fortress just like Superman, just like Superman back in this show that was all, maybe on in 2009. <laughs> here's, a, here's a barn. Do you want to do you want to go look at Lana Lang outside of the in the telescope? It's like she's like, no, not really. That was always creepy. It was always creepy. <laughs> always uh, creepy. <laughs> so do you think Smallville existed in this timeline? No, <laughs> oh, I don't know. What was on the CW in 2009 <laughs> even? Apparently it wasn't Gossip Girl or Smallville. <laughs> Post-crisis is blowing my mind. <laughs> oh my gosh. So weird. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in this Kenny Lee being alive now. Because they actually played up a really sweet 
like a romance subplot with him and Cara, young Kara. I thought, you know, it, it's a little creepy about the bar and everything, but it was, <laughs> it was really nice. I mean, it, it was, was nice. It was he found, listen, he found an abandoned barn and he, st- he strung up some, like some party lights and put up some like, like Instagram looking photos. <laughs> and, and I was like, listen, I'm not, I'm not hating this. I like this. Like that probably took him a long time to like clean out that barn to where it doesn't look like a murder palace. And he's (laughs) like, look at this. Look at this. I put some photos of us doing, doing like uh, superhero stuff over here. And then this is our thinking corner where we plan out our adventures. <laughs> and <laughs> it was really cute. It was really cute. I like the little, like the string of lights. He's like, that's just to be jaunty. And uh, I, I thought it was such a cute, like little, um, like a gesture. Cause he's really into like saving people, he's into the superheroing. He's very supportive of of, of Carr's superhero uh, uh, passion, I think, and her budding uh, heroism. I thought that that was really interesting. It's also a different version of Kara, I feel like that we've seen because here, when we were back in Midvale, the only people who knew about her secret were you know her Eliza and Alex, and here she has. Her boyfriend, so she has one other person who knows about her powers and is supporting her and is kind of going on adventures with her. And I think that that's really nice to have her had back in high school, somebody who was in on the secret. It sort of makes her storyline, though, from her high school years a little less, uh, uh, I don't want to say like full of turmoil or sad but some of that isolation that she experienced kind of growing up where she had to connect with streaky the super cat i liked all of that i liked yeah of the outsider trying to figure out her place in the world and here she's like uh you know i'm going to prom i'm doing all this stuff Uh, (laughs) i'm I'm ordering milkshakes and never drinking them um you know those those are things like normal teenagers do so it doesn't feel like she had any kind of isolation issues, which I always thought was a really strong suit of Supergirl that she could work through all of that. Um, But I'm just very curious about Kenny Lee, because if you've noticed, we have yet another episode uh, where William Day is not included in the storyline at all. He does not appear Mm -hmm. in the episode. Um, I think this is maybe, let's see, episode three, four, so three episodes in a row, William Day, who is supposedly set up to be Kara's love interest. And we are in the last season, just kind of important to put that out there. Like, whoever is her love interest in this season, there's a, there's a chance that's the love interest she ends up with at the end of the show. Yeah. So, so I'm just this guy. <laughs> very curious. Like, are they abandoning the William thing and are they bringing Kenny Lee back? Well, I wondered that too, like watching this episode because Kenny Lee, she's clearly going to break his heart, like in the next part of this right. two parter and they're going to break up. And this is going to be like, why? Even though it doesn't make any sense because she can fly uh, she's gone to like Paris to get <laughs> Lena a croissant, so she can't. <laughs> croissant, so she can't like just automatically be in Midvale for their date nights and then just go back to like National City. Like of all the of all the ridiculous reasons to break up a superhero, this is one of the worst. It's like. <laughs> 
it's like I watched that um, to all the boys I loved before, and they're like having all these huge relationship problems because they want to go to school on opposite coasts. And it's like, well, you know, if you could fly there really fast, this probably wouldn't be a huge issue to you. <laughs> so I feel like they're going to make that a thing in the next episode, and I'm going to be so confused. But I do wonder if they're going to bring – like when we get back to our regular timeline and Melissa – Benoist comes back to the show and Kara is out of the phantom zone. Does she bump into Kenny Lee? I would not hate that. I wouldn't either. Honestly. I mean, her, her other option right now doesn't seem. <sighs> they, they did. <laughs> they did more in two episodes with the Kenny and Kara stuff than they did with a uh, whole season with William. I like Kenny more than I like William, and he's been William's been in like a season and a half now, and Kenny's been in two episodes. But Kenny, listen, he died in one. (laughs) Yeah, he died in one of them, but he he came back. Thanks, crisis. And Kenny can hang. Kenny Kenny knows how to help with three D printers. Kenny's telling (laughs) telling people, no, no, that's gonna hurt the timeline. No, 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 that's not a low profile. (laughs) Kenny is great. I like what's not to like about Kenny when you compare him against William who hasn't really done much in like a season. Kenny's dynamic in comparison. <laughs> he says, bro, he's, he's, he's super chill. He wants to save people. I, I mean, if I have those two options in front of me, I know which one I'm taking. Yeah. I'm just continually perplexed by the, uh, the, I guess the r- romance angle of this show as it, as it comes to Kara. Cause I don't know where they're going with any of this. So I just I just happened to think about that with Kenny. Like, I don't know if it was me, I would probably just maybe quietly take William off the canvas and, and bring <laughs> just Kenny. Send, just send him on assignment somewhere and be like, Godspeed, Godspeed. <laughs> Go get that big story, William. <laughs> no, nothing against Stosnair. It just it no, doesn't he's seem to be he's, doing anything. He's not given anything to work with. Uh Poor, poor guy. He's like, you're going to give this big role on Supergirl. He's like, yeah, awesome. And they're like, I mean, you're not going to be in much of it. We're not going to be doing. You're not going to be doing things, but you'll be <laughs> and there. In one, and in one episode, you're just going to watch TV the whole how, time. How, how angrily great. can you watch a television? And he's like, pretty <laughs> angry. And they're like, good, we're sold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was wondering what your thoughts were on uh, Kenny Lee. And I'm the glad other, that we both had that same thought, though, where I was like, are they setting this up so that they'll bring him back in the main timeline so that, like, maybe he's her love interest towards the end of the season? Because kind of a better option. <laughs> to, to me, that's the only reason you do that. Otherwise, why uh, yeah, would you just stay dead? It sounds terrible to say, but yeah, exactly. It's like we had this, this episode that established Midvale. Why bring back a character that you killed in the previous episode if you're not going to ever revisit that? But... Again, this is Supergirl. Let's not make assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we did uh, meet another new slash old character, uh, which is uh, CJ Grant, the uh, young version, uh, I guess the youngish version. I'm not really sure uh, how old she's supposed to be. I guess she's <laughs> some people were saying she's this this version of the character is six years before we meet her at season one. Uh, I don't know how accurate that is. Um, <laughs> wait, wait. How do they think aging works? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe have they already have they screwed with Cat Grant's story? I was about now? to say that is have they both, erased her story. 
that is both entire like very very kind to Calista Flockhart and not so kind to this actress because like she's this actress is what like probably in her thirties somewhere. I would, I would guess so. So Calista like that she was uh, six years is not gonna not gonna get us to Calista Flockhart in season do you, one. Do you do you think they changed much of her story? I mean, I know like they they established she was working at the planet. She talked to Perry White. She had some beef with Lois Lane. She had been a gossip columnist. So all of that lines up. Yeah, all but, that seems pretty reasonable. But is the time has the timeline changed for her at all post crisis? I don't know. So. We got a good question here in the chat, if I can find it. Uh, question. On Earth Prime, apparently Kat is working for the Daily Planet in 2009. Has she written the book that Eliza was reading in Midvale on Earth 38? And if I remember correctly, that the cover of that book had Callista Flockhart, like her picture on it. I thought so. But so, I mean, we are post-crisis now. Everything's different. Anything can be changed. Anything's- it doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, audiences love it when you change their stories. Audience really, audiences love that. You invest uh, years of your life, but we're just going to get real weird with the timeline now. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to change it in the very last season. Uh, so nothing that you watched previously matters. Uh, yeah. So um, let's see. <laughs> um, we have a comment that says there's no way Cat Grant builds an entire media empire in just a few years. So maybe we are in the 1990s. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe maybe she doesn't start Catco until later. I don't know. Um, but what did you think about the portrayal of this young Cat Grant that we were presented? I thought that the actress was really good at like nailing Calista Flockhart's like Cat Grant mannerisms. I think like when they um, when they cast all the people who are going to be in Midvale, like they've cast so well, it's kind of spooky. Like she's really good at being. A young cat grant i think I, I i completely bought her i have a question though like cj grant what is is that from something is that from the comics i don't know uh i obviously the c is Catherine, um but i don't know what her middle name is if anybody in the chat knows um i guess it's just a way for her to go uh oh her her middle name in the comics is jane so okay. Catherine, Catherine, Catherine Jane Grant. It just seemed like a strange wrinkle to add to the like. It just seemed like um, like gilding the lily almost. I was like, why? Why does she need to have a different nickname in the past? We get that it's Cat Grant. Why? Well, she, why she, she hasn't become Cat <laughs> Grant. <yet. laughs> it's like, it, but but it's ridiculous, right? Like it's it's a little bit much. Like I was with the whole idea of Cat Grant being in Midvale and chasing down this story, but. Uh, they started to lose me at the CJ thing. Like I was like, we don't need to see her become Cat Grant, literally become Cat Grant, like the name Cat Grant. Like no, <laughs> this is the her- origin of the name Cat Grant. Of the, na- the origin right? story. Like, we're watching her become Cat Grant, like become the Cat Grant that we know. I'm assuming that towards the uh, in the end of next episode, like she's going to go off to start her media empire, which she's going to accomplish in six short years, and uh, and. <laughs> <laughs> good for her we don't need her to be like and you know what i'm not cj anymore call me cat i'm gonna throw something at the tv screen because 100 that's gonna happen that's gonna week. happen yes it's gonna happen next week and it's like we don't have to go we understand we understand we don't have to go that literal 
uh, Stu has a good question. Did crisis erase Kat's son too? Uh, she actually had two sons. One was uh, Kara's age. Yep. So uh, where are they? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing crisis likes to do more than erase children. Children. Time. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, crisis giveth with Kenny Lee and crisis taketh away. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I thought she did a good job. I mean, she had the sort of the mannerisms. She did a lot of things with her hands like this. And, uh, she had, she ordered a lot of coffee. She said, tick tock. Um, and you know, she had that background that we understood from the, uh, beginning of the series of being a gossip columnist at the daily planet. So that all of that was good. Um, I just, I'm, I'm kind of confused as to why, she's needed in this story. Maybe it's because this is how Kara decides, Hey, that lady who was like following us around and trying to expose my, <laughs> my secret. I want to work for her. That like, girl's how got does, moxie. <laughs> how does, how does, how does, how do we get Kara to the point where she's like, man, that, that lady was really trying to expose me as an alien, but man, I've, I, I could be uh, about working for her. I don't know how you get there. Um, yeah, I don't know either. I'm, I'm open to finding out, if they if they pull that one off, if they pull some sort of thing off where Cat is or Car is kind of inspired by something that Cat does, and is like, oh, uh, you know, she seems really cool, and then that would lead us to where she is wants to work for Cat Grant. Like I I could see them getting there somehow. It, it it's hard to imagine after this episode how that how you connect that point A to that point B, but and maybe you don't have to. Maybe maybe it's just a fun cameo. Maybe they're like, you know who the people love? Cat Grant. You know who CJ we can't Grant. afford to bring back? Calista Cat- Flockhart. <laughs> Cat Grant. Um, and one of the questions I had, uh, what did you think about Alex? Um, so young Alex is approached by CJ Grant. CJ Grant is going to write an article about the weird things happening in Midvale. And she uh, thinks that Eliza, that she thinks Alex is Eliza. And um, she asks, she starts to interview her. I thought it was a little stupid of young Alex to be like, yes, I will give you a comment as I pose to be my mother. She could have just said no comment and walked away. Why did she, why did she respond? She's not under arrest. You can just keep walking. Like I just, (laughs) yeah, I thought that was strange too. She's like very flexum. She was like, oh no. Oh, uh oh yeah. Here's my comment. It's like, why? Why? You're pretending to be somebody else. Um, and you're about to steal something. Say no comments. Zip it. Zip <laughs> it. Uh, my question is, okay, I don't remember the nebulous timeline of Alex Danvers. Um, Nicole oh might. Nicole yeah. might. But at what point does she get conscripted into the DEO? Has she, at this point in the timeline, is she already working for the DEO? This does not feel like her hard partying days. <laughs> no, the, I don't think she's but, gotten there yet. Is, so she's not, because I I feel like I remember that she had started working for the DEO like right sometime either but during college or after college. I think it was after. She, in this episode, she's two years into being at Stanford. So yes. I don't think she's been approached by the DEO just yet. By, okay. by, okay. by Hank Henshaw. Okay, everybody is telling me no, no. Um, they uh, Donna says no on Alex. That happens at Stanford. Oh, okay. So okay. maybe in later years. 
Okay. Because she mentions the DEO, and I was like, was she, was she working for the DEO at this point? Like, secretly? Because Kara doesn't know that until the pilot, right? That she actually is working at the DEO. I think that's right. Who knows anymore? That stuff may not matter <laughs> anymore. Well, it's that's good that my my memory, like Alex's brain at one point, is Swiss cheese now, and I can't remember like the early seasons of the show because it turns out you don't need to. You, you don't, don't need, need to. to. All those notes, all those notes I took in my Google Docs, yeah. I could just trash them. I don't need them anymore. Uh, um, Nicole says, uh, "Oops, and I lost it." Uh, I, I think, oh, here, Nicole says, I think her partying days were somewhere in her MD, PhD training. It's just that, like, no part of her um, academic history makes any sense. And so it's hard for me. <laughs> it's hard for me to kind of keep that straight because I'm like, well, if you if you take her timeline seriously, how is she her age? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, uh, lots of questions about um the Eliza aspect of it uh, is, is she in the, she, she doesn't join the DEO. She, I don't think she, she was ever a DEO so. agent. So a uh, silhouetted animator in the chat says two, 2013 is when she's in the DEO, the flashbacks in the episode Manhunter in season one. So if the timeline is still the same, a big, if a big, if Kenny Lee says, still alive uh then that then that would mean that she's not yet in the DEO. there was a mention of the deo and i thought oh does that mean that alex is but but clearly not maybe not yet but she, she shows uh some signs of being able to uh to be part of the deo i thought some of the ways she handled herself and the things she was saying to Kara were very uh uh mature and uh, thinking about, you know, the protection of it all. She's still in the protecting Kara phase and trying to make sure that Kara doesn't do something stupid phase. Yeah. Um, which is clearly needed because Kara was doing <laughs> some, <laughs> some dumb things that could have exposed herself. Well, does it feel like a little bit like the relationship that kind of gets established in Midvale in season three has kind of been undone a little bit here because they're still very kind of contentious with each other. Um which I feel like, you know, in Midvale they are. And then sort of at the end of that episode, they get to a place where they're a little bit more understanding of each other. But here, which is this is some that's a couple, maybe a couple years after Midvale. And they seem like they're still kind of prickly yeah. with each other. They're still a little at odds. Like she's still very much the older sister who resents that she has to take care of the younger sister and that she is kind of because of that lost so much, you know, kind of lost so much um, emphasis on herself that she has to keep putting herself aside to take care of Kara. Yeah. I guess you have to connect the end of Midvale to uh, Alex having that breakdown when Eliza comes to Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. So I guess you have to connect them somehow, but, but you're right. I mean, and that, that would have been just a few years after Midvale, I guess. It, it, like they, it doesn't seem like their relationship is bad so much as like strained, which doesn't like, which isn't unrealistic. I think at that age, like Car is about to graduate high school. Alex is a couple years older in college, and so there's still kind of an age difference thing. And Alex feels like she's responsible for Cara, and so it makes sense that like that kind of there would be a little bit of a distance. It's not like you know our our you know our usual Alex and Carl relationship but it did just seem to me a little strange I was like oh they're not, they're not super close right now just like in Midvale that episode that we watched 
Well, Donna says that's because they didn't bond because Kenny didn't die, which is a good point. That is true. So that may be why that is the case. So, yeah, it's another one of those changes, I guess, that we're just supposed to go with now post a crisis. Um, I did have questions for you, Morgan, about Naxum Torque. Sure. The, uh, <laughs> the, the blue alien abductors. Love him. <laughs> so what are, you, what are your thoughts? Did they really need to insert this into the storyline here? They did not. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was about. Uh, when we got to that in the episode, I was like, now it's gotten goofy. Um, <laughs> like, we were already going back in time to get DNA during a meteor shower where cars depowered during prom. And now there's some aliens that want to kidnap them because of the zoo. That is an accurate uh, summation of what happened. (laughs) So I've got two questions. One, is he a a DC Comics character? Is he like pulled somewhere from the comics? No, I looked him up. uh, I could not find anything. Uh, But I think, hear me out. I'm going to make a case. I think Mm -hmm. he is from the race that Brian the alien is from. Ooh. It's it's my suspicion because they have blue faces, which Brian the alien did. And he had an assistant named Mitch, which I thought was a really boring sounding alien name. It and was. Also, Brian is a boring sounding alien name. So maybe people of that species, that alien species, just have boring alien names or, or like boring normal names. I love this. And I love it more <laughs> than my theory that they watched some of those Marvel movies and they just made Benicio Del Toro into this character. Mm. Because that's basically Benicio Del Toro's character in those Marvel movies. He's the, um, I can't remember what his name is, like the collector or something. Oh, but that's yeah. basically what his character does in those Marvel movies is he like, he collects things that are rare. And that's exactly what this guy is doing in this. And I was just like, that doesn't seem like the most original. But I was willing to give them a pass if he was like an actual comic book character. And now I'm willing to give him a pass because he's related to my boy, Brian. (laughs) I I just thought it was weird. I was like, his name is Mitch. Yeah. What? What? Mitch. The the other guy's name is Naxum Torque. (laughs) And his his assistant's name is Mitch. So so I was like, there's got to be a reason why his name is Mitch. Uh, So I don't know. That's my theory at the moment. I don't know (laughs) if they're going to connect that to Brian the alien. But if it was me, I would. I I mean, I would have Brian like show up and be like, hey, Mitch, long time no see. (laughs) (laughs) And like ruin their plan at the end. And then they we could all just be like, Brian, you scamp. Maybe he was part of this zoo. Maybe that's where he came from. And uh, that's why he ended up coming to Earth. So I see a a comment in the chat from Stuart um, who says, Superman, the animated series, had a guy called the Preserver who hired Lobo to capture Superman to keep in a menagerie. So that does sound sound like him. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think that could be uh, the case. So thank you f- for that. Because I, I did try to see if I could find him by name, but I could not. So maybe they just used it. 
I like I like Nicole's theory here too. So she says maybe Naxum Torque is his stage name and his real name is like Nick or Nate. <laughs> <laughs> it would fit Brian and Mitch. <laughs> I think that would be a uh yeah so uh, oh mark has a good theory uh, what if mitch decides to ditch the henchman gig change his name and this is brian's origin story could be. i love that too i love that well i, I mean love that journey for him <laughs> i mean we've always uh thought of brian as kind of a, a, a reformed criminal so this this i think would line up this could be when he turned his life around to then have to turn his life around again but <laughs> the first time he turned his life around yeah, so uh, the introduction of this was strange because I was like, wait, who are, who are these people? Why are they here? I don't know. Um, but uh, they did have a, a, a big um, purpose at the end of the episode because they kidnapped uh, Nia and Brainy. So uh, there's a big cliffhanger at the end of this. Yeah. We're, I, we're getting I, a two-parter. I, I didn't hate them being involved. I did question why they were needed when so much stuff was already going on. It just felt like, um, like that. What, what's the, I think it's that, um, that one piece of fashion advice where you put on all your accessories and then you just take one off. Um, <laughs> but they decided to just keep that one, that extra one on. <laughs> they were like 50 bangles. Uh, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> really? 49 is not good enough for you. Yeah, they have kept the uh, all of the articles of clothing on at this point. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess we've talked about all the elements. Is there are, are there any other things that you wanted to talk about that we didn't already? I don't know. I think we covered uh, we covered it pretty well. I guess what did you think about Brainy's storyline here? Because besides joining every different club available, I think he learned that there are ways to manage stress that aren't just chomping on chips. It's a good lesson to learn. It is. Uh, uh, to, to exercise, uh, to uh, join an extracurricular activity. I think that's good. To sing um, even, to sing. Yeah. I, it, I, and now I love Dolly Parton. Nine to, <laughs> nine to five. I love that moment. <laughs> nine to five is like one of the all time great songs. Dolly's um, just having such a good year it's, this year. It's it's also one of the the all time great uh, comedic uh, oh, such uh, a good movie movies. Um, I didn't think we needed to to see her sing the whole the whole chorus. Uh, <laughs> it, it was a little awkward, and maybe it was supposed to be, but uh, it it felt like it felt like somebody was like, you know, Nicole would really like to sing in an episode, and so they wrote in an, a, a moment for her to sing. Uh, but I did not. Oh, it was rough. It, it was rough. Not that it was bad. I just it felt like it went on a little long. I agree. I think that they could have they could have given us a couple verses. We got it was nine to five and then they could have gotten out. But it was like working. <laughs> they all got all the way down there and you're like, all right, we're still doing this. We're still singing, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a little it was a little awkward for me. Uh to watch, but I understand. I, I'm glad that Nia was able to help Brainy understand that uh, yeah. by by indulging in that in herself, like showing showing him an example of what that would be like. Yeah, I, I thought this was a really good like character development episode for both of them, um, as far as kind of moving their storylines forward. And I think bringing a lot of the stuff from Nia's family and her past and her questions about her dreaming ability um, to me kind of points in the direction. I feel like that's a lot of setup if they never go back to her family and her sister. 
And they they mentioned her sister. They do. They mention she, her sister. Yeah. And this is maybe not this not the first time that they've mentioned her sister or her family recently. So I feel like there is some setup. And I'm going to be uh, upset if they don't pay it off, if they don't ever, you know, do something with her family or with Naltor or anything like that before the end of the, the season. Because I feel like they're bringing it back around to that family storyline of hers and like the fact that she wasn't she never thought that she'd be the the one with the dreaming powers. And so she doesn't have that um, that knowledge about how to dream interpret like her her mom and her sister had. The uh, no brighter ending would have to me would be to have Nia reconnect with Maeve and for Maeve to teach her how to uh, interpret her dreams and use that power because Maeve knew all about that. So it seems like the, the, the easiest uh, (laughs) storyline to wrap up would be to have her a reconnect with her sister and kind of smooth that over and then use Maeve as a, a way to step in for her mother and teach her those powers. But yeah. I don't know if that's the way they're going to go. That's that's how I feel like the season is pointing me at in that direction. Who knows if that's the direction <laughs> that they will actually go in. But that's what I feel like the setup is there. Um, and I like that because I do feel like that, you know, we had we liked that Naltor episode. We liked that uh, the stuff with her family. And then they really just dropped it. There hasn't been a lot of follow up since then. So it would be nice for her to be able to go back to that and kind of talk to that sort of storyline about her family again. I think that would be nice. I, I hope they do something like that, but uh, I'm not getting my, help, my hopes up. And my last question is probably just something I forgot. Are Nia and Brainy back together? I think so. I think they have been. Didn't they say I love yous a couple Did episodes? Did they? I, I forget so. about this. I think so. <laughs> Feels right. <laughs> I was like, the whole episode, I was like... Are they are they dating again? Because they broke up. I'm Is not it? like crazy. They broke no, up. No, at one point they did <laughs> but sort I, of separate. I think they got back together. But I'm not sure. So I was just just want a status update. Like, is it a is it a, it's complicated? Is it are they back together? <laughs> I don't know. I think there were some some I love yous that were said. So that seems pretty uh together to me. Um yeah, so there is that. Um, so anything else before we wrap up and get to feedback? Uh, I think that was all I had. Okay, so uh, so final thoughts. What did what did you think about uh, this episode? Uh, prom night! Exclamation point! Prom night. Uh, well, first off, it's called prom night, but there's no prom, um, which I did resent. It should be there, like there was some night. It there was, was at night. There was certainly night. But there was no prom, and I'm mad about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> they probably should have called this one something else. Um, this but night, night! <laughs> Exclamation point! Um, other than that, I really liked this episode. I thought this was probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, one of the season. I like seeing little Car and little Alex. I like those Midvale vibes. Um, sh- sure, Kenny Lee's back. Okay. Um, that's fun. That's fun for him being alive. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's great for him. <laughs> um, but I like that, you know, we, we're, I think most of us love that Midvale episode. I think if you asked any, super, most Supergirl fans, they're going to pick that as one of their favorites. And so getting those great actresses back again, still uncanny, uncanny how good they are and how much they're like their older counterparts. Um, and then just 
being able to be back in that time period with them and see their relationship, I thought was so good. See Kara before she had sort of taken up superheroing when she still got the necklace and all of stuff like that. And then I thought it was really just a strong character spotlight for Nia and Brainy. Like it could have just been going back into Midvale zany stuff. And they actually used it, um, you know, the par- the pared down cast to actually tell a Nia story and a Brainy story as, as well as a Car and Alex story. So I, I really appreciated that. I think, you know, the cast has gotten really big. Um, so when they ca- can kind of zone in on a couple of characters, I think that they do a little bit better when they're trying to service like 15 at once. Oh yeah. It, it felt like a smaller story and, a, a and, but somehow a more expansive story. They were telling lots of stories at the same time, but it, it felt small, which I kind of liked. Um, if, if I ignore the change in continuity, the, the, <laughs> fa- the fact that things that, that I knew for previous seasons don't matter anymore. Nope. If, if, <laughs> if, if I ignore all of the, the changes, uh, post-crisis, uh, and just enjoyed it for what it was, I thought it was a good episode. I thought all the actors did a really good job. I appreciated that they brought, um, oh, what is that song back? Uh, I think the group is, uh, Phoenix. Oh yeah. The, Phoenix. The, the 1901 song. That yeah. was that that was actually 2009 appropriate. I think it was released in February 2009. Uh, nine. Uh, when I heard that, I was like, oh, I remember that song. I used to love that song. I used to play I that know. all the time. I, so, I, I love that song. And I was like, okay, now we're talking about 2009, not was up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah, Phoenix 1901. Um, so I liked that. That was a song uh, that they played as they sort of time traveled in the Legion cruiser and went back to 2009. Um, so there were aspects of the episode that I really liked, uh, including the music selection, uh, the nine to five uh, singing. Uh, I had uh, some awkward issues with, but I think it was supposed to be a little bit awkward. So uh, I think that was the intention but I, I thought it was a good episode. Um, and the writing for the most part held up, I think. And uh, I'm glad that Kenny Lee is alive. That's good for him. Uh, so I'm interested to see what part two brings. Cause I think it ended on a good cliffhanger, um, to make me want to see like how this all wraps up. How do they get Kara's DNA? That's kind of, you know, if, <laughs> if kind I of forgot about that for most of the episode, <laughs> it was kind of like Supergirl, the movie when uh, Supergirl is supposed to save Argo. <laughs> And she just uh, she joins the high school. <laughs> maybe that maybe this was their call it's out a, to Supergirl the movie. It was like we're gonna have Brainy pull a total car car Danvers from that movie and just completely forget her mission so that she can join a bunch of clubs at school. <laughs> <laughs> she goes to math class, computer class. It's great. Uh, so so maybe that is a reference to Supergirl the movie. We're gonna count it as such. Sure. Uh, so, so if you sort of ignore all of those things that don't really add up, I thought it was a good episode and I'm glad to see these, these younger actors come back. Cause I, th- I thought they did a really good job. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our discussion, but let's find out what our listeners had to say about prom night. Prom night. Okay. <laughs> At K Kyle one said, so after the first episode featured Kara struggling to fly, now we find out that she flew in high school. Why was it okay for Nia to go back in time, but not Jean? Scooby-Doo, classic. A Scooby-Doo, classic. Uh, how much do they actually know about what changed in Crisis? Apparently, Nia's powers are whatever we need them to be this week. And Nia needed glasses because? Uh, the actresses playing the younger sisters really are amazing. And CJ Grant was great. This is my favorite episode of the season. Despite its flaws, it was just fun. Um, I- 
some good questions there. I also question why Jean couldn't go back to the past. Uh, Brainy gave the explanation that he would run into his past self. How likely uh, was that in Midvale, though? <laughs> uh, well, Hank, Hank Henshaw did go to the Danvers house to uh, get Jeremiah Danvers. So I think he had a couple of those run-ins. One time he pretended to be a Laura, didn't he? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Uh, so they, he might have bumped into himself creeping around in the bushes pretending <laughs> to be Kara's mom. So that that'd be awkward for everyone. Yeah. So I guess I guess they were worried about that. And he did recruit Alex, uh, I guess, in, in the later stages of her college career. So maybe that was the justification for that. Um, I did want to respond about Kara struggling to fly in the pilot. A, it probably doesn't matter anymore because that's probably changed because of crisis. Um, but I think that Cara, if I remember correctly, she says they say something to the effect of like she hadn't done it in a while. So Cara, even in Midvale, we see her in the season three episode Midvale, we see her fly. So it's not like she couldn't fly. She just hadn't done it in a long time. So that that was part of that uh, in the pilot. That makes sense. Um, at uh at Doogie448 uh, said, is Midvale a city or a state? Alex had Midvale on the plates of her van, which would indicate statehood. And uh, at Mark HBPWM uh, also responded that to that saying National City also has its own plates. The only time I remember a show actually making up a state for its place uh, plates was the Eagle State on Desperate Housewives. Uh, yeah, to me, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. why, why would Midvale be a state? It's always been a city in the uh, in the comics, uh, so it's it's weird to me that they would make it a state. Yeah, it's really strange. I didn't notice that, but now I'm not going to be able to stop thinking about it. <laughs> uh, Rachel asks, "Is Metropolis a city or a state?" It's a city. It should I, be a city. I, I don't know what state it's usually in. I think sometimes it's in Kansas with Smallville, but I'm not real sure. I mean, in Smallville, the television show, he would go back and forth to uh, everybody would go back and forth to metropolis like it was like a half an hour away <laughs> <laughs> even so, though i think one time they established it as being a couple of hours away but exactly like chloe would be like back and forth it'd be like wait he can fly how did you <laughs> <laughs> she just drove really fast she's like i'm speeding <laughs> Yeah, uh, the Metropolis uh, Midvale thing, I think, was explained in this episode as being a three-hour drive. C.J. Grant had to drive in the car three hours. Okay. All right. That makes sense. But yeah, um, it should be a city. It should be a city. It should not be a state. And yet, who knows? <laughs> maybe maybe at the post-crisis, it's a state. <laughs> I guess so. Um, at SL Fricky said, I like the sisters arguing scene because I was wondering if Alex's resentment that season one supposedly established was ever going to come up in these flashbacks. If Brainy is worried about the time stream, why is he still living in the present day and not uh, 30, uh, 21 hashtag team Kenny? <laughs> uh, because they had to get uh, when left the show and they uh, needed somebody to stay around and be the uh, tech guy. <laughs> that's true uh, at Claudia 26 uh, said for me this episode was okay didn't mind the history rewrites due to crisis only thought that kept popping into my head was do Alex Cara Eliza now have new memories of Brini and Nia's shenanigans also in 2009 Cara was most likely 18 year olds um, around prom turning 19 by year's end that's a really good question. They should have memories of this now. 
Yeah, you would think. You would think. Well, this is this is the time travel conundrum, right? Because are they like what happens when they go back in time and they like bump into them? Are they creating new memories? Is like Alex in present day going like, oh, I've got a headache and now I remember Dolly Parton? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a question like why they wouldn't have like the, like when Kara first met Nia, why she wouldn't be like, hey. I know you. She she didn't just You're an meet. alien too. She didn't just <laughs> They had a sleepover. Just, they had a sleepover. She, it wasn't just meeting her. They uh Cara had her over to her house. In high school life, that means you're tight. <laughs> yeah. You don't just invite anybody over for a sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> uh at uh, Fractal Inverter said, "Oh my god, this episode was so good. It was really fun uh it was really fun watching. Can we just get a Midvale show already? This is what it should have been uh, have always been about. It becomes so apparent that the main show has killed itself in dark drama, dark scenery and dark suits." Um, at the Dave M. Jones said, didn't love the continued disregard for established history. I know, I know, crisis happened. But I feel like six seasons deep, you shouldn't be messing with history too much. Parts were entertaining for sure, but the lack of cohesive storytelling is a sore subject for me. Is it just me or do a lot of shows do this? Once feel- Upon a Time like rebooted itself in, I think, season eight. And uh, Smallville did a lot of this in like season yeah. eight, season 10. Whereas like suddenly everything's different. And you're, we're like, I've, I mean, I've been watching the show the whole time. <laughs> I, I've been watching this show for almost a decade. Please. What? I, I've, I'm, invest- I'm invested. <laughs> I've invested so many years of my life into this. It's sunk cost. I can't get out now. Could you stop? um we have a tweet from at brooklyn uh, underscore biker who says in new york the episode was preempted for the yankees game i'm a mets fan so it's not like i needed another reason to despise them uh at ferrera 365 said i liked it very much it was entertaining and oh my god is that calista flockhart's daughter i mean wow she is phenomenal as cat grant young alex and cara were awesome would just like to know when cara told kenny about her powers also hiding a spaceship like a key under the rug <laughs> which is i think a, a pretty good uh pretty good problem <laughs> that they just kind of hid it in the fields um, at Super Edits Zero Zero said, I actually liked it. Brainy's performance was awesome. He is great at being stressed out. I also like the fact that he is afraid of young Alex, too. The new Kenny storyline is pretty interesting. I really like him. Sad to see Alex blaming Carr for her problems again, though. Um, at Danvers Couch said, great episode, even though they changed Kenny not dying. Are Carr and Alex still remember everything from what happened in their original timeline? Again, questions about that. Uh, at DJ Writer said a solid episode, but I don't like them rewriting a significant moment in Danvers Sisters history. Uh, at Shark 89 said one of my favorites this season so far. The actresses playing the young Danvers Sisters continue to be impeccable, both as visual doubles to the present versions and inability to embody those characters. The cringe humor made me laugh, and the surprise of Nicole Maine singing was also a positive. They even found someone to play a very good ringer for a younger Cat Grant. Have to ask, though, how did she go from fighting Perry to get out of the gossip column to running CatCo in a short six years from when she was in Midvale? Good question. It's a great question. 
don't make good questions. Hopefully we find out. <laughs> At Kenny Curley said, prom night was amazing. Love the interactions with young Cara, young Alex, Nianal, and Brainy. Some nice nods also to Smallville. Loved the cliffhanger ending that sets up uh, that sets things up for the mid-season finale of season six. Now, question. I don't, is next week the mid-season finale? I thought we had one more after that. Uh, I think uh, seven is when we have That's what I thought, the, yeah. uh, the, the, it goes over to Superman and Lois. The and question then, mark hiatus. <laughs> yes, yes. The TBD question mark hiatus. <laughs> How long will it be? We won't know. <laughs> we do not know when it is coming back. Uh, I guess we can go into our emails now. Uh, we have an email from Yvonne who writes, Hi, ladies. Sorry I'm a bit uh, behind here due to being in the UK and catching up a little later with the latest episode and then the podcast. So I didn't get this to you in time for the podcast. In relation to Lena joining the Super Friends and inventing the Ghostbusters thingy in Lost Souls, if she's using tech created while at Luther Corp to do that, then I think there's another legal issue to consider. As a UK technology lawyer... Ah, we have another lawyer in the midst. Nice. In the uh, I normally admire the legal section of the podcast from a distance, since it tends to focus on matters of litigation and the U.S. Constitution, which are not my area. However, this one is closer to my wheelhouse. If the Ghostbusters tech or its underlying components were originally created by Lena while she was an employee of Luther Corp and in the course of her employment contract, then most jurisdictions I'm aware of would state that all intellectual property is created in the course of employment uh, belongs to the company she is employed by. That doesn't change when you leave the company in relation to things you created while in employment. Therefore, the tech Lena is using directly or indirectly to build the Ghostbusters thingy quite likely, quite, quite likely belongs to Luther Corp. And they could try to stop her and the super friends using it on the grounds that it infringes <laughs> their intellectual property. That, uh, that could be an injunction or a damages claim. I mean, I know there's a greater good and all that, but I don't think Lex cares about greater good does he just thought I'd feed into the legal discussion from across the pond, unquote. Uh, so that's a good point. Uh, it could be that she uh, <laughs> was using Luther Corp technology to do that. That's hilarious. I love uh, I love how many lawyers listen to our podcast. It makes me feel smart. <laughs> uh, we're, we have a, a global legal team. We do. We do. We're, we're going to get them in from every continent. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get the legalities of, uh, of most countries. That's that's a good thing to have. I love it. Um, Courtney wrote in with some questions about this episode asking, Metropolis is a three-hour drive to Midvale. I was under the assumption they were on opposite coasts. I know Eliza has to fly to National City for Thanksgiving, but that could be a choice for time's sake. We see Carr and Alex drive to Midvale in Jean's car in the Midvale episode. Did Crisis rearrange geographic locations too? I thought that lined up pretty well, because if Carr and Alex took a road trip, they could have been driving that three hours to Midvale. Yeah, it... it, it it does make me question Eliza taking a plane for a three-hour trip, but I mean, you do you. I mean, sometimes I've I've flown to Atlanta, which is like a thirty-minute flight. Sometimes, so I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not out of the question. Maybe she just didn't want to drive. Like I've Maybe flown to like, Pittsburgh, but that's like a five-hour drive, and so I was like, eh, I'll pass on that one. But three <laughs> hours, it feels like. Oh, does is it worth the the TSA? I don't know. I guess to Eliza, it was. Yeah, so, uh, so that's a good question. <laughs> um, she also asked, out of curiosity, didn't Win take the ship back to the future? I couldn't find my this in my Google Docs, but I remember Jesse Rath 
uh, posted an Instagram something or other about how Brainy still had a Legion cruiser, which was never explained on the show. It I love just- that poor Jesse Rath has to explain things on Instagram. Like, I know it doesn't make sense, but here's <laughs> what I think. Here's how I've headcanoned it. Now the canon is based on Instagram posts, but I believe that is, that's what we're told is that Brainy just had another Legion cruiser laying around. Sure. He had spare. Who, who doesn't? No big deal. Um, and I guess I will take this next email uh, because I, I had you doing the uh, last one. So uh, I'll let you take a break. Uh, we have an email from Kaylee who writes, quote, hi, Supergirl Radio. You're got, you guys have recently mentioned wishing that a mental health professional might uh, comment on aspects of the show. We're, we are building our team. Really. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> while I am by no means a licensed, well, anything yet, I have a psychology undergraduate degree and am currently in graduate school for marriage and family therapy. To give you some personal context, I was a junior in high school when Supergirl first aired on CBS. That was uh, a while ago. Go. Oh, yeah. uh, Supergirl was already my favorite DC hero. I grew up watching Justice League cartoons and Young Justice, but the show made me fall in love with her all over again. I remember racing home from softball practice on Monday nights, trying to get to the TV in time for an episode to air. I've had the experience of waiting weekly for episodes to come out, and I have been watched entire seasons in a matter of days. Both are great options. I discovered your podcast at the beginning of quarantine. So very recently, nice. uh, your, show, your show is such a wonderful way for like-minded people to connect, connect through story. Well, I'm glad you think so. Uh, let's see. Kaylee goes on to say, I know there are many aspects of the show that could be addressed from a counseling perspective, history of uh, history of abuse, neglect, grief, PTSD, etc. There are also the ethical considerations of Kelly's therapy work uh, <laughs> with Obsidian. Uh, remember when she was using Obsidian technology to do therapy sessions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I had some questions about that, but the show never had answers for me. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's not a big thing. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> however, since Lost Souls and previous episodes have harped on emotional expression, I would like to discuss the emotional aspect of Supergirl. Each character on the show has their own way of learning emotional regulation. The first season had a huge focus on Supergirl's anger. Storylines like Red Tornado, Red Kryptonite, and Punching Cars with James fed into the idea that Kara had been bottling up her feelings for quite some time she was feeling so much all at once that every emotional expression came out as anger her character arc became learning to appropriately express emotion with each event she was really getting the hang of emotional expression in season two but we watched her regress sometime uh, somewhat in season three when she penned up all her feelings for the married monel Yikes. <laughs> however, <Yes, indeed. laughs> however, I feel that becoming Nia's mentor in seasons four and five have helped Kara to appropriately express what she feels when she feels it. And afterwards, she lets it go. Very rarely have we gotten those bottled up emotions, uh, emotional explosions with Kara. She has matured and now she lets pressure out of her emotional valve as needed. What I write here about Kara probably says more about me personally than the character for Supergirl. We've grown and matured together. Lena's tiny boxes theory came up from a well-intentioned place. Uh, <laughs> compartmentalization is not always unhelpful. In fact, between my supervised counseling sessions, I have to do some car- compartmentalization. That's a big word myself. It is. <laughs> So that my feelings for one client do not affect my ability to assist the next client. Again, the thing Lena was missing was appropriate times to express those boxed emotions and let them go. Now, poor Brainy has followed her example and is clueless as to how to regulate years of buildup. In keeping with the theories of multiple intelligences, Brainy may be a 12th level intellect, but I don't think the writers have ever intended for emotional intelligence to be part of his level. 
I hope that the legacy of the show will be the balcony and couch scenes. The beauty of these moments lie in the fact that the characters are appropriately expressing emotions and reflecting on the day's experience. They demonstrate the healthy process of feeling an emotion, accepting the emotion, sharing the emotion, and resetting the entire emotional system in order to move forward. The balcony and couch scenes represent um, uh, appropriate emotional regulation. We don't see much of this on TV today. While watching Brainy Break Keyboards is entertaining and our mirror... (laughs) And our mirror neurons go crazy as we watch, repeatedly uh, repeatedly showing women express emotion, and that is part of what makes them strong. So it's a better example for Supergirl audiences. The Super Friends get a lot of experiential adventure-based therapy. Think about a group retreating to some places with, with a ropes course. The Super <laughs> Friends get that weekly, but on steroids. This is the only, therap- uh, only therapeutic when a conversation happens afterwards about the metaphor of the event. Their <laughs> physical battles offer uh, are often metaphorical and isomorphic in nature. They have obviously been through a lot together, but much of what they have experienced emotionally has been metaphorically closed with the defeat of a villain. They have balcony and couch scenes to talk about the isomorphic nature of what they experience each day or what they experienced that day. Each character uh, talks about what the uh, talks about what the day's events meant to them and how they will proceed in the future. However, if you notice who is on the balcony or couch most frequently, you'll understand why they have better emotional regulation than say brainy. Those who take the time to discuss the day's events as they occur will be able to put those struggles behind them and press on. Brainy did sit on a couch with Nia at the end of this episode, so that is progress. Uh, uh, I think uh, this might have been about last week's episode. You'll notice Lena has been getting a few more balcony uh, moments this season because she has made substantial progress in emotional regulation. I don't know if this was necessarily new information, but perhaps this discussion can help us reframe the way we see Brainy stuffing his face with donuts. Or uh, getting snacks out of snack machines or failing to get them out of snack machines. <laughs> uh, so the email goes on to say, I'm really grateful for your podcast and the character of Cara Zorrell. Hope, help, and compassion for all is always in the back of my mind when I go into a counseling session. If there's any more you'd like for me to comment on in the future, let me know, unquote. So we will definitely have to keep that in mind because uh, we uh, needed a mental health expert uh, to ch- chime in on some of these things. <laughs> I love it. I love that now we have uh, we have overseas lawyers, we have mental health experts, real estate, real estate, real estate. <laughs> we, have, we have a science consultant. So now all we need is a a, a real estate uh, person to chime in. We're, uh, we're we're like building our dream team here. <laughs> we're building our own super friends uh, team with all various levels and uh, uh, specific areas of study. So this is very exciting. Um, should I take the next one? Uh, yeah, go for it. You just had to read a very long one. Uh, oh, is- Lord. Yeah. Isabel from Brisbane, Australia sent us an email saying, I'm a longtime listener, but this is my first time writing in. I thought I may as well get in on the action since it's the last season. Thanks, Isabel. Um, She says, this was my favorite episode of the season so far. As usual, the young Danvers sisters were amazing. It's uncanny how similar they look to Kyler and Melissa, and I thought their acting was on point. I thought it was hilarious how the show wrote Kenny back in and Alex blamed it on crisis. I also loved how Nia explained her power hours to Kara and it made zero sense. It was good to see Kat again and the actress did a great job, although I'm not sure how the show can justify that Kat would look that much younger only about six years before the show began. Uh, what was going on with the blonde streaks in Kara's hair? Did you clock it as a wig or just a weird costuming choice? Supergirl does love a statement streak. Cough, cough, Alex. Uh, <laughs> also, was I the only one thinking of the purple big cat from early Catco days when Nia was dreaming? 
Yeah, I thought the cat was about Catco because there is like a pink cat, like a pink tiger in the Catco offices. So I thought it was like uh, uh, foreshadowing Cat Grant coming and being on their trail. Like I think it connected to the zoo, the menagerie zoo of like Brian the alien species. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Maxim Tork. <laughs> And uh, the fact that uh, C.J. Grant was on their trail. That's that's what I, that was my first thought. It had layers of meaning. Yes. In fact, layers. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I, in the in the wig thing, uh, I, I had more I, uh, uh, I had more thoughts about C.J. Grant's wig than anything to do with cars ooh. here. Because that was that was a wig, right? Is it a wig? That's I don't know. Cool. I didn't clock that one as a wig. I did notice the 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 really bright blonde streaks and Cara's hair and I did think that's weird um because you couldn't see it unless it was like really close up and so I only noticed it like once or twice and I was like why is there just kind of like one really blonde streak in there but maybe maybe the Danvers sisters just really love that as a as a fashion statement did did you not play with hair dye when you were in high school? Because I sure did. I sure uh, did too. <laughs> I, I I had a blonde streak at one point in my I hair. I was a redhead was... all through high school and college, <laughs> so I can't say anything. <laughs> yeah, I think Carl was maybe just playing with uh with her hair. Uh okay. Uh I have totally goofed up this Google Doc. I'm so sorry. Um so Mark wrote in saying, what's up? Uh, ser- <laughs> seriously, I looked it up. The Budweiser campaign that started that ended in two th- that started that ended in 2002. And everyone See? was <laughs> incredibly burnt out on it. Well, before that, yeah, it, it got to the point where it's like, stop saying it. Uh, Mark <laughs> goes on to say, I, I, I have two questions. How bad is Brainy's Intel to think that was still a thing in 2009? And why would someone give a job to a writer who was apparently incredibly anxious to go far out of their way to bring that back? Uh, <laughs> Mark goes on to say, did you notice in the DEO file of the menagerie owner, one of his aliases was Alien King? I'm not sure anyone will get that in five or ten years, but I thought it was funny. I think it was a nod to uh, the Tiger King. Tiger King references. Yes. We've, we've all been there. We've all been through the same pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, if you're listening five or ten years in the future, uh, there was a, a, a fantastic documentary series about a High man who, who, who loved tigers he loved and, a lot of things but tigers was his number one tigers and and music bad bad music <laughs> <laughs> and he had his own uh, uh live stream he had his own live uh uh online show good a lot good. like this one but <laughs> but also a lot not like this one <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so that was a reference probably to the tiger king uh mark goes on to say finally it's rare that i call out the direction of the show for criticism but something did bug me in this one during the milkshake scene early on when kenny left to go up to the counter alex referred to him while talking about car not wanting to tell him when sh- uh, she wanted to leave for national city university and they did a focus pull from her back to him at the counter that focus change might be a trope but it just didn't work here. First, I thought they had used a bad take or had to blur something on Alex's hands until I looked again, unquote. So, uh, yeah, I'll have to go back and look at that. I didn't uh, I didn't catch it uh, early on, but uh, thank you for pointing that out. Um, and we got an email from uh, Yvette who, who sent us an email to say, was this Nia and Brainy's audition to join the Legends of Tomorrow next season? <laughs> I'm good with that. Um, yeah, they did. They did mess up the timeline already, which is a classic Legends move. Um, 
they go on to say, glad to see Kenny back, but I don't like that crisis gives the writers an excuse not to pay attention to the show's established backstory and write whatever they want. Young Cara and Alex are perfect casting, and I'm glad we got to see them one more time. I enjoyed the episode, and I'm looking forward to part two. Uh, yeah, I guess they could go into Legends if they wanted to. Uh, Redlocks27 wrote in to ask, quote, where is Lena? Was she just in the back on headphones or something when they all mutually decided <laughs> who was going back in time? I know she is unemployed now, so why couldn't she just join in on the Back to the Future part for fun slash fiasco, unquote? Uh, it's a really good point. Uh, Lena probably would have had something to say about time travel. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, Lena, I feel like could have... I don't know. Can Lena um, blend into a high school environment, though? Like, if we're questioning whether, like, Brainy could could just be part of the, the baseball team, could you imagine Lena Luther walking in with her, like, boardroom attire, clavicles out, like, it's me, your fellow classmate. Like, no one's, no one's, buy, no one's buying that. Yeah, I wonder what Lena's uh, 2009 wardrobe cho- choices would be. What, w- what would she be into in 2009? I mean, we, we're visiting young Cara and young Alex. I want to visit high school Lena. I think that, that we've seen a little bit of Lena's like backstory with Andrea, but I would love to see like what high school Lena was up to because I'm sure it was crazy. I think at that time she probably would have worn a set of pearls. Yeah. Uh, She's riding her- a horse. <laughs> Uh, that's a that's a good thing to uh, mentally picture in my head. Uh, Redlocks27 uh, has also volunteered to be a, our, our super, Supergirl Radio Forensics Consultant. So uh, we will happily accept that offer. I believe Redlocks27 uh, uh, was uh, sent in the email with the blood spatter. Nice. So, so we do have a forensics consultant now. We're building our team. <laughs> super friends. <laughs> Um, Okay. Daryl wrote in to ask, they definitely used Crisis to change things. So Supergirl brought back her friend from high school, but not Nia's mom? Um, I I feel like what happened with Crisis is that a bunch of stuff just kind of changed because of Crisis. But, like, the, the effects were variable. Like, it wasn't a specific... Like they weren't didn't go out and go like okay we're saving Kenny but Nia sorry tough luck. <laughs> yeah, it is weird the things that they've chosen to change. Um, it's very much based on uh, what what do we need the story to do? Uh, we'll change that about Crisis. So that's kind of <laughs> what that is. It's, I don't think Kara has anything to say about that. It's just uh, what they need for the moment. Uh, and finally, I think this is our last email. Sam wrote us an email with a huge dilemma saying, quote, I've been watching the show since season one and have been holding on by my fingernails as each <laughs> season goes by. I do everything I can to enjoy what little I can with each episode. And even in season five, I found reasons to enjoy the smallest of moments. However, season six, I can't seem to find anything. I normally would enjoy a Midvale episode as I find young Danvers episodes to be so rich in backstory and with the Danvers sisters, but the amount of retconning due to crisis has just made me so uh, furious. I feel like it just entirely disrespects everything that was built in season one onwards. I've gone, uh, I've said to myself that I'm going to stick through the finale as I've gone this far with the show, but giving everything with COVID, I'm in Canada where we're in a pretty intense third wave. It just feels like another thing that's stressing me out and the fan feedback just feels all negative. From listening to your previous season six episodes, I don't feel I'm entirely alone on how disappointed I feel on season six as a whole, but I wanted to ask how you're both feeling on season six as a whole and how you're feeling on Supergirl's show legacy. And if you have any hope that the season will turn around, unquote. So it seems like Sam needs a hope speech. Oh my God, Sam, 
Sam, Sam, look at me. Sam, look at me. You can't give up hope, okay? I know that things have t- are tough. I know that we all sat through that Lex courtroom scene and that we want to give up, but we can't <laughs> because you have to keep hope alive. What would Cara say to you? She would look you in the eye and she would just say hope because she's trimmed down that speech. She's trimmed <laughs> all the fat out of that speech. She would just look at you and she'd say, Sam, 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 hope. And then she would just walk away. Uh, and so I feel like that's what we have to do. How can we give up hope when she's given so many speeches about it? <laughs> <laughs> that is her thing. Uh, yeah, I think uh, let's just see how it goes. My, my whole thing is like, even if I didn't enjoy it, like I'm really optimistic. Maybe that maybe they'll they'll pull it together. Maybe the ending of season six will just blow our socks off and and just be everything that we would love the show to be. So I'm just. I'm willing to give it some time. Uh, we've had two pretty good episodes in a row here, uh, even though the first couple of them were, uh, but 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 maybe maybe they're uh, maybe they've got some really good stuff uh, up their sleeves for the the ending of the season. So I say, see it through, see where it goes. You've gotten this far. You're so just, close to the end. Just honor, honor Supergirl and the show. Keep running on that race. <laughs> honor, honor the show's legacy by just watching it. I know. I know. Sometimes it's hard. I have a really tough time watching this show. Sometimes it's it. The only enjoyment I get out of the show is doing these podcast episodes with Morgan and our listeners in the chat. Sometimes that's all that gets me through it. But sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes you just got to see it through. Uh, so, so ma- make a deal with yourself. This is going to be something you do for yourself. Uh, do it. Do it for Supergirl. I and think I she feel like she would like that. She would want that. And I feel like think about like what's the like hang your hat on a couple of things that you actually enjoy about the show. Maybe it's a a character character maybe it's a performance maybe it's a relationship maybe you're like i love the danvers sisters or i love lena and cara or whatever it is and then just hold on for that like things are gonna this is supergirl things are gonna get weird um but maybe just maybe they'll come back together um and really blow our socks off so in the meantime (laughs) as we have to sit through weird uh legal stuff that makes no sense and and william just getting really mad at a at a tv screen while alex tells kelly off screen a big secret (laughs) find the thing that gets you through and just hold on to that very tightly I think that is a uh, wise advice. So uh, thank you for sharing that, Morgan. And thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for everybody who sent in your emails and your tweets. And don't forget, don't stop hoping. D- don't never stop hoping. you got to keep that hope alive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, sorry. So I, oh, no, I, I think uh, we're going to do some snap judgments here. And uh, we have a special guest who is joining us, who is, um, uh, a big fan of the Danvers sisters. So I thought this would be uh, fitting for uh, this, this person to join us. So we're going to bring Adana in who is uh, not only a former guest of the podcast, but also a Supergirl radio Patreon supporter. So thank you, Donna, for joining us and uh, being here with us. My pleasure. I hope y'all don't mind. I brought a couple of friends. Hey, oh, hey, hey, hey buds. <laughs> so, uh, so that's very fitting for a Danvers sister, uh, sisters episode to bring your flat Supergirl and flat Alex. Uh, I know you've ha- been having a lot of fun with uh, the pictures you've been. They've been going on all kinds of adventures. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope you're having a lot of fun with that. 
<laughs> we could so, do an entire puppet show, I think. We really could. <laughs> Supergirl puppet theater. Theater. Well, I, Listen, I we don't know I how long it. the hiatus is going to go, so it could happen. <laughs> yeah, I have it on good authority that uh, the artist is in, as we speak, commissioning a off-duty Alex and Kelly. Oh, oh, nice. Nice. We, if we get all of the, if we collect them all, yes. we could do a <laughs> puppet theater. I think we could so make this close. happen. <laughs> that works for me. We can at least we can at least get little uh little Kelly popping up in people's bedrooms to give them therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Hologram Kelly. <laughs> um, okay, so Donna, I think uh, we're gonna do our little intro and then we'll uh, make some snap judgments. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended, and explanations are unnecessary. Okay, so our first snap judgment is from Rebecca. Rebecca, I, 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 sum, I, I submitted this. And, and okay. Morgan, if, if you have any snap judgments you would like to submit, I, I just thought this would be a, a fun one. I like it. I like it. Okay. If you were Brainy, would you rather join the Glee Club or the baseball team? Donna. So this is, this is your, your, bra- your Brainy's feet. Brainy's feet. Given the way he just seemed to be having a ball spinning that bat, I think the baseball team. Yeah, unexpected, uh, unexpectedly great at baseball. So I, I guess uh, baseball is the one. Yeah, um, I don't know. He's he seemed really good at baseball, but I want to see his Glee Club audition. I feel <laughs> like we were robbed of that. Like he got. Uh, conscripted into the Glee Club, and yet we only heard Nia sing in this episode. It was very confusing to me. So I'm going Glee Club. <laughs> yeah, that is a little weird that they would have him join the the Glee Club, and then Nia was the one who sang. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to put another one in the. Uh, the oh, I Google like it. Doc. Uh, so this is on the on the spot. So. Uh, 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 hang on with us. <laughs> I'm, I'm editing the doc as we speak. This is this is happening live. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of one. Okay, better reference um, in the show: Dumbledore or nine hundred two one zero? Because they did drop a Dumbledore reference. They love their Harry Potter. <laughs> they did. Oh, that's tough. See, I didn't get the nine hundred two one zero reference. Right away. It just it didn't occur to me. I went Brandon Routh, you know. Oh, Brandon. interesting. Oh. So I'm going to say Dumbledore. Maybe maybe it was Brandon Routh or Brenda Strong. Oh, maybe. That could make sense. Um, um, <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. So I was going to say I'm going to do uh, I'm going to go Dumbledore because I feel like they've gone like full tilt Harry Potter this season. <laughs> what with the Dementors and everything. So I felt like it made it made sense to me. It really connected. Yeah. The, uh, the Dementors, the mirror of Erised, uh, <laughs> so they've really gone into the Harry Potter aspects. Um, uh, yeah, I think it made more sense for Dumbledore than the 90210 reference. I agree. Okay, so from Mark, what's up? Or <laughs> Glee's Don't Stop Believing, which premiered in May 2009. Okay, cover your ears. 
because I never watched Glee. So I'm going to go with what's up? <laughs> what's up? What's up? Uh, solid. Always a solid commercial. Um, I'm going to go Glee's Don't Stop Believing. It connects. We have Melissa Benoist. And also, it's just a great song. It's a fun karaoke song. Yeah, I guess if we're going 2009, I yeah. I would I would say uh, don't stop believing. But you got you have to admit, however many times Nicole said it, she was having fun with it. <laughs> she, she really was. She uh, she did deliver that at the, uh, the right uh, the right um, obnoxiousness. Is that a word? <laughs> I think sure. um, obnoxious. That that can't be a it's word. Your podcast, why can't yeah, it be? sure. Obnoxiousness. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, Okay, so we have a set of snap judgments from Anna, who did not like this episode, actually. She she Uh, made a point to to mention that. She's not a fan. Okay. (laughs) Her first snap judgment. What is the worst part about Kenny? Oh, Kenny. Coming in hot immediately, Anna. (laughs) Uh, I like a strong opening statement. Okay. That, (laughs) That he is only... That he is only alive at the expense of the Danvers sisters' backstory, despite being irrelevant and temporary, or that Kenny is the poorer, less intelligent, and less talented version of Lena, or bonus third option, that Kenny (laughs) claims to care about Kara, but is only holding her back by expecting a smart Kara not to pursue a great education and instead live with him in a barn that doesn't even have any horses (laughs) in it. (laughs) What is the worst part about Kenny? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, the worst part about Kenny, I I guess. (laughs) I I mean, we all liked Kenny. Uh, Anna woke up and chose violence this day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess for me, the worst part is uh, maybe him holding Cara back because she was really struggling with that. She she had her own goals and dreams, and he should respect that. Yeah, I find it. I find it hard that yeah, there was a he did make a barn for her that didn't hold any horses, and and, and <laughs> we know that they're important. But I will say, I think for me, the worst part about Kenny, because I like Kenny, is that he's only alive at the expense of the Danvers sisters' backstory, um, and kind of makes me question the Midvale episode of the show that we know and love. So that's to me the worst part of Kenny, who. I think Kenny's a solid bro. <laughs> well, at the at the risk of a, if y'all will allow me a shameless plug, I wrote sure. an, I wrote an entire article for Screen Rant that was published today on that very thing that he was there at the expense of their backstory, which is a real shame. I mean, he <clears> could <throat> be a great character, uh, but oh yeah, uh, there's a lot yeah. of great story potential with him moving on. I love the idea of Kenny showing up in National City and maybe helping Kara recover from the Phantom Zone, you know? Yeah. It's, it's uh, the, the, the bad part about the story is that that, that was a big deal that sort of brought the the sisters together. Uh, and it was a big deal for Kara and her backstory. And now that's uh, not a thing anymore. <laughs> well, that, that sets up a question that I guess could be a, a sort of a snap judgment for me because I just found that Alex's cavalier, Oh, well, that was old earth and this is new earth thing and all, which and it was such a significant moment. Makes me wonder, is is this Alex our Earth 38 Alex or is she the Earth Prime Alex with Earth 38's memories? Mm. Oh, that is tough. 
Ooh. I think she would have to be the Earth Prime version with the Earth 38's memories. Yeah, I would agree. I think I think she could access those like, oh yeah, I know that Kenny died in some other timeline, but he was alive like but for think me. Of the, think of the storyline they could do is when Kara realizes that this isn't the Alex she grew up with. Oh. That could be dramatic. Ooh. But but then Alex could say maybe the same thing about Kara. Because mm-hmm. Kara was like, Earth Prime Kara was like, I'm working with Lex Luthor. He's a swell guy. I made this DEO commercial with him. <laughs> uh, so I guess no, it could I go what, both there, ways. There, there you go. It's a, it's a totally Alex Kara episode on Kelly's therapy couch. <laughs> <laughs> a bottle episode just in the yeah. therapy room. <laughs> there you go. That's weird that they haven't explored the, the two, None of the two sets of memories. Do. It's, None of the shows did. The only show that came close was Batwoman. Oh, yeah. really? It's it's funny because I feel like Supergirl, out of all the shows, seems the most interested in playing with the differences in Crisis, post-Crisis, but not, like, interested in getting very deeply into, like, what the implications of those differences would mean. It's It feels very, like, surface, like, this person's alive now, or that was, that was pre-Crisis. But it's, like... Uh, yeah, but everything in your life is different, but that's not going to cause any anything. <laughs> so I guess the snap judgment might be uh, Earth 38, Alex, or Earth Prime, mm-hmm. Alex. Ooh. Oof. I mean, I'm going to go Earth 38. That's the OG. <laughs> yeah, I think I would say Earth 38. Me too. Me too. That, that, that's the Alex who uh, got her way out of a tank only using her pants. Never forget. <laughs> Never forget that she did that. Hey, and look, she almost stopped a spaceship from leaping across the galaxy. Yeah. So so good. Uh, <laughs> so we have an, another snap judgment from Anna, who, remember, did not like this episode. Uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not playing into what her snap judgments are at all. No, not at all. Uh, it's not influencing. She's not letting it influence, okay? Um, so, <laughs> so second snap judgment. What do you think young Lena was doing during the episode? Sitting alone in her room in complete darkness with just the feeling of hot tears running down her cheek and wondering if she would ever truly feel loved. Or visiting the beach where her mother died. Oh, come on, Anna. I was with you at visiting the beach, and then it went dark. (laughs) And staring at the water and thinking, why can't I remember the sound of your voice anymore? Uh, That is brutal. That's that's tough. That's both of those are tough to think about. I think Um, (laughs) the the segment's called snap judgments, right? Yeah. Yeah. My first reaction to to this one from Anna. I'm sorry. I don't care. Oh, this is a hot take. Also a hot take. Yeah. (laughs) This is Supergirl. It was Supergirl's story. It was about Supergirl and her past. It's not the Lena Luthor show. But Um, the game is you have to pick one. Yeah. So uh, what do you think Lena's doing at the time? Like, what what is young Lena doing? We know she loves horses. We've established this as a baseline. (laughs) Horses and science, presumably. I'm gonna go with her and and the mother. It's it it's the closest thing that makes her human because I I think she believes in her mind that everybody loves her. So oh yeah. oh controversial. I'm gonna go with the mother um, scenario as well be- because she's at least on the beach then. <laughs> <laughs> like they're both really dark 
but at least she got out into the sunshine. She's got some, she's, see, she's feeling the sand beneath her toes as she cries. <laughs> I, I, this, uh, this conversation or this topic got me in trouble uh, a while back. And I don't know, I don't know if I should answer this one. Uh, I Rebecca I wants forgot. to recuse herself from this one. <laughs> what do you say, Morgan? We let her out of this one. I think you're uh, fine. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I take, like, a, take um, the fifth, Rebecca. Take uh, the fifth. We've learned if, all about it. <laughs> I, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the mother scenario and not explain it. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Good, good call. <laughs> so that is uh, that is what I'm going with. Uh, so that will end our round of snap judgments for this episode. <laughs> No judgments on your snap judgments. All right. That is going to do it for uh, this uh, episode of Supergirl Radio uh, about the Supergirl season six episode titled Prom Night. Uh, (laughs) So I think uh, that will do it for all of our listener uh, tweets and uh, emails and snap judgments. Thank you to Donna for joining us in here for that. And I think now we got to get to some plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired dc tv podcast also has a t public store so if you're in need of new dc tv related t-shirts tank tops sweatshirts onesies mugs notebooks pillows or stickers go to supergirlradio.com click on the t public store link at the top of the page supergirl radio superman and lois radio the flash podcast and legends of tomorrow podcast backlight and podcast bad woman podcast too Titans and Doom Patrol podcast just for you. Justice League Dark podcast, Green Lantern podcast, Star Girl podcast, Strange Adventures podcast, and finally my favorite of bunch DC TV after dark where you're allowed to say you know, here in Hawaii, they have uh, ukulele lessons. I've been tempted to take one. Ooh, but then, I, you could, I, then you could record like a new theme song for the show. <laughs> I, I've also heard that they pronounce it ukulele. I'm not sure if that's really a have we all been pronouncing it wrong this whole time. Uh, possibly. Uh, but uh, yes, thank you to Madeline for that uh, great uh, song of the plugs. And speaking of the DC TV podcast, uh, T Public Store, as we just were, it's got some dandruff. <laughs> I, I like how my transitions are seamless. <laughs> uh, it's got some Danvers Sisters designs, including this one from Sarah Luber, aka Conacher Girl. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's about the uh, Danvers Detective Agency. Uh, so very fitting for a Danvers Sisters episode. There's actually a sale going on right now in the T Public Store. So nice. If you're interested in that, you can uh, click on the link in the video description or in the show notes if you're listening to the audio podcast uh, version later on. So we've got a uh, uh, some pretty cool stuff there in the in the DC DC TV podcast T Public Store. And we would like to thank our legion of super sponsors for supporting the Supergirl Radio Patreon and. Let me find my phone graphic here. Uh, so uh, we'd like to thank Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Grout, Yvonne, Quinn, Jessica, Nicola, uh, Leslie, Abby, Ermgard, Miriam, uh, Cherie, Donna, Nicole, Lizeth, Deb, Susan, and EH. So thank you all for subscribing uh, and supporting uh, our Patreon, actually. Uh, that's the, the more specific way to say uh, uh, supporting, not subscribing. I'm mixing up my words here. Uh, but if you would <laughs> like to do that, uh, just go to patreon.com slash Radio. We have four different levels that you can choose from. And uh, that just gives you some extra Supergirl Radio stuff uh, for your week. Uh, so you get your your regular dose of Supergirl Radio here for free, but then you get some uh, extra bonus material. Uh, bonus Supergirl Radio. <laughs> uh, uh, I think uh, I'm going to put out a little video from my Hawaii uh, vacations with Ooh. Flat Supergirl. Um, so you'll get to see uh, some of that. Uh, uh, Flat Supergirl has actually, uh, I could pull up uh, some of her adventures. Uh, she's been uh, enjoying her Hawaiian vacation. Uh, oh, oh my gosh! Look at her. Is that a <laughs> rainbow behind her? <laughs> uh, uh, spoiler alert! I, I put that in and post. Uh, there was. There I, I was thought no, she just hoped didn't. really hard for it. <laughs> <laughs> and it appeared. <laughs> I added a rainbow. Oh, there are the, there are lots of uh, rainbows here in Hawaii, just not in this specific shot. Uh, but so uh, she was hanging out in Hawaii. I also do I have my time. Uh, I also visited uh, Dallas Whoa. and went to the Zack Snyder's Justice League exhibit there at the uh, AT and T headquarters. Uh, so flat Supergirl uh, encountered Henry Cavill Superman. So she's been having a great vacation. She was like, hey, cuz you're so tall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun fact, while I was there, uh, I got approached by an AT&T employee who I guess was in charge of the social media stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she's going to uh, post a picture of me from the HBO or uh, HBO Max or the AT&T uh, account of me visiting. Because uh, really? she, she asked me about like uh, me being a a podcaster about Supergirl and uh, why I liked the movies and all this stuff. And I was like, Oh, okay. Uh, sure. <laughs> so, really cool. so you had the opportunity to get us those HBO max dollars, Rebecca, <laughs> you should, you should have started hustling. You were like, actually, you know, we love, we here at Supergirl, Radio, <laughs> we love HBO max and you're fine programming. <laughs> So, so keep your eye out on the HBO Max uh, or AT and T uh, Discovery uh, Discovery District uh, accounts, and uh, just see if I pop up. I don't know. She said she she said she would tag Supergirl Radio, so we'll see if that happens. Uh, I did, uh, I think, connect with her on LinkedIn. So, nice. I mean, there is a possibility. Hey. <laughs> there is a possibility. Let's that, put uh, that out into the universe. <laughs> we will gladly uh, promote HBO Max and the wonderful content that is on that platform. Wonderful content. We will accept any money that they are willing to <laughs> <laughs> support this podcast with. Uh, so. 
speaking about our flat Supergirl and and all of her wonderful adventures she's gone on so far, if you want to take part in uh, the flat Supergirl photography contest, uh, all you have to do to enter is download and print the flat Supergirl image, which you can find in the video description of this live stream in the show notes of the audio podcast or at the right side of supergirlradio.com. Then you just cut out flat Supergirl. Um, Then you attach with some tape or glue the cut out image to a popsicle stick, a pen or a pencil, and then just get creative and take flat Supergirl anywhere you want. It can be a selfie or you could take flat Supergirl to the beach. You can take flat Supergirl to a city. You can take flat Supergirl to a field anywhere. You can let flat Supergirl take the grass. Anything that flat Supergirl wants to do, you can take flat Supergirl along with you because she's not that big. So she uh, she folds up pretty well into any kind of carrying case. And then when you uh, take flat Supergirl, just post a picture of as many as you'd like to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook and tag at Supergirl Radio and then use the hashtag Supergirl Adventures. Hashtag Supergirl Adventures. Yeah. So uh, if you'd like to participate, please do. You can enter as many times as you would like. So submit any as any and all pictures that you would like. And uh, we'd love to see your uh, submissions because uh, uh, it's been fun to see where Supergirl is going and what she's doing. So <laughs> uh, and there is uh, a TBD deadline for that. So we don't know when the finale of Supergirl is happening. So it could be a month from now. So you've got a lot of time. So you might have a, a ton of time. Or not as much time. We just don't know is the thing. That's the fun part about this contest. (laughs) The not knowing. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So please uh, submit if you would like to contribute. Uh, Well, if you would like to uh, follow me and my adventures that I'm going on, you can check me out at Instagram at the the Derby Kid. I'm trying to post some Hawaii pictures when I get them. Uh, You can also uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. I'm also a contributor to Justice League Universe podcast. So if you would like uh, to, uh, to, I guess, sort of hear my thoughts, it's sort of a collaborative effort. So it's not just my thoughts, but um, but you can check out my thoughts on the DC films uh, there. And I'm also a voice on The Fakest, uh, which is a, uh, uh, how does Bill refer to it? A sketch comedy sketch podcast. Sketch comedy podcast, I believe. Um, yeah. So it's in its final season. So it's about to wrap up. So uh, go to thefakest.com and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, Morgan is also a voice on The Fakest. So you can hear both of us there. I get to do some voice acting, a thing I've never done before and that I'm pretty medium at. But <laughs> I feel like I feel like Bill is a very good voice actor director. Um, and, and really gets, gets the, the best out of you. So, uh, I think, and it's a, it's a wacky season, this one, it's always fun. It's always crazy stuff happening on the fakest. It's a pretty, it's a very funny show. So you should definitely check that out. There's, there's a lot of comedy, but it gets, it gets dramatic. It does. There is, there's some big things happening there. It's the last season. I think everything's going to blow up at the end. Going out with a real bang. Yeah, for real. Literally. (laughs) Um, and you can also find me um, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. You can follow my cats on Instagram. They're at the Lab Cats on Instagram. Today was our uh, adoptiversary, actually. I, I looked at it on my phone. And I was like, oh, we've had the cats for a year. So I went back in time and I found like the babiest baby pictures of them. And I just posted Aww. it literally anywhere you could possibly want to see. 
on any social media platform. So just go to anything of me and you'll see baby cat pictures. So that's fun. (laughs) Uh, I'm luring you in with baby cat pictures. (laughs) Um, You can also find me as a co-host on DC TV After Dark. And you can find me on as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. So we just released on Legends a quick synopsis of season five so um amy did what she she referred to as a rebecca like document where she put we where we we put in some work aka she did it (laughs) she did all of it um so it was very rebecca like in that aspect where i showed up and was like oh look at this doc um (laughs) (laughs) that's high praise thank you amy (laughs) so we did a top 10 list of things that you might want to know about season five of legends in case you forgot because it was a whole year ago and and we forgot almost all of those things and so we discovered it as we read along oh remember bayrod uh remember all this stuff sarah's blind for some time what uh, i even uh, remember that and i don't <laughs> even watch the show <laughs> well I you only do listen to our podcast so podcast. you have better memories than us uh so in, in case you like us forgot a lot of things that happened in season five we kind of distilled down like the major things that you probably want to remember going into season six which which starts this weekend. So um, we also, right before our um, regular season starts, we're going to have an interview with Kelly Quinlan, who is the author of She Drives Me Crazy, which came out uh, last week, um, but also was the book club that the book that we did for our book club, uh, Her Name in the Sky. So that's going to be basically the the final hiatus episode our hiatus swan song um until you know i don't know if legends is going on a hiatus um and then we're gonna get into podcasting about the tv show a thing we don't remember how to do anymore so wish us luck (laughs) it's weird right (laughs) hopefully your season on legends will will just be a full season and it just that would be great. It just continues out. on, like it just starts yeah. and then it ends, and then that's that's the whole thing. I, I'm a little jealous. That that must be nice. It does feel like it will be nice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Lennon. And remember, if you have trouble coping, just sing your favorite Dolly Parton song. the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yeah.